Happy Black History Month, Travel Family. Shout out to the adventurers near and far, and welcome, one and all, to Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast, where we equip men of color to shift their paradigms through travel. As always, I am your humble tour guide through this audio experience. My name is Jerry III, a.k.a. Kimono Jack, a.k.a. your number one bohemian pirate podcaster, and I'm so glad you're here with me for this 84th session of the Point Noir podcast. We have a very, very special session here for you today, and I know I say that every time, but if you've been following the journey that we've been through since 2020 and the pandemic hit, we've been on hiatus, I haven't been doing a lot of publishing, so it has to be something special for me to spend the time and the energy recording and editing and getting it to you, and today is something that I'm just really happy to present. Since today's session is so different than anything I've ever produced before, we are foregoing some of the normal accoutrements of this podcast. So the music isn't quite there yet, but no worries, you'll still be able to indulge in your refreshing beverage of choice before we get into the interview. However, there is something I wanted to address before we even teed up today's session, and it's a little bit heavy, so prepare yourself, but it doesn't have to be that heavy, so maybe don't prepare yourself too much. I want to talk about anti-Asian sentiment and violence in the black community. If you are not aware, and if you aren't, it's okay, because I fully wasn't, but there's been a wave of violence, hate crimes, discrimination against Asian Americans since COVID-19 has hit. Very harmful terms like the Kung Flu have literally resulted in people dying. A lot of elderly people being killed. Dying is a very much the, not the right term. Killed. Uh, you can easily find reports, especially in California, the Bay Area, Texas, people have been attacked with knives, slashed. There have been instances all around the country to the point that current President Joe Biden has had to publicly say he's going to do something about it. It's a problem for sure. But one of the biggest issues and the reason why I'm addressing it, well, two reasons, but one of the main reasons is it's people of color doing some of these attacks, which means as a person who holds space for people of color, I feel like I have a responsibility to say, yo, cut that shit out. And even if you're not a person who's out here committing violent acts, it starts with the conversations we have, the jokes we tell. I do not hold space for anti-Asian sentiment in any regard. And I made a post on Instagram this past weekend and the level of response that it got one was overwhelming, so I appreciate if you saw it, shared it, but two, it reminded me that I could be doing a much better job being clear about that simple fact that I don't hold space for that in any platform, and I have several. So I've been doing my job as a responsible <laughs> creator of color, black creator, to to make this clear across all my channels. This isn't what we do. This isn't the sort of activity that I promote, endorse, nothing like that. And I encourage you all to assess yourselves, assess your networks, maybe have some difficult conversations with people because it is to the point where people are dying on a daily basis. And again, dying, that's such a bad turn of phrase. People are being killed, killed. And I know it's Black History Month. I feel you there. I get it. But we need to be able to mature and hold space for other people of color as well, especially when you consider that a lot of Asian violence is not new. It just goes undocumented. So unfortunately, we have the quote unquote benefit of getting hashtag activism on Twitter and getting rallies and stuff like that. But 
I have Asian friends who have to literally struggle to find information to know that their community is being attacked, and then it doesn't get reported by national news media. No one is interested. So if we're going to move forward to getting to a point of equality, it's all of us or none of us. And I don't have time to explain why that is the only logical conclusion, but why not start at least conceptualizing that that is the reality? It's all of us getting involved in in reaching a state of equality or whatever you want to call it. It can't just be some of us. It doesn't work that way at all. So that's something really important that affects people very close to me. And I wasn't fully aware. Again, if you didn't know, I understand the news is difficult to get to. I would suggest you check out a person that I've mentioned on the show a whole bunch, Dr. Kiona, at How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch on all of her platforms. She's incredibly vocal, incredibly engaged, and does the work for you and tells you what resources to check out. And again, someone I care a lot about, and I just want my friends and their family members to feel safe and seen in their communities. I don't think that's unreasonable. But if I have an opportunity to use whatever influence I might have, then I'm, yeah, going to spend the first five minutes of my podcast talking about it, because I don't think that everyone's a problem, but I want to open some minds to consider and take action that, yo, (laughs) this is nonsense. And there is a history of anti-Asian sentiment in various communities of color, including the black community. And you know what? 2021, this Black History Month, let's give that shit up. It's not serving us and definitely is not creating the world that we want to live in. You still with me there, travel family? (laughs) I appreciate the patience. That was an important communal call in and not everybody listens through an entire session. So I knew I had to put it up front Probably not the flavor you were expecting for one of these rare pandemic releases of the Point Noir podcast. However, it was essential, and I do appreciate your patience. So maybe we can all kind of collectively shift our vibe, shift our energy, and talk about why this session today is so important. And it starts with a little bit of Point Noir lore. You hear that, y'all? We have lore now. About two years ago, if you've been following Like I know some of you have, you might remember I released a session with Cedric Hutchison. Super dope guy, someone that I chatted with online, loved our conversation, and unfortunately he passed just a few months after that interview or conversation was published. Huge loss, huge void for us in the travel community. He was a co-founder of one of the most popping travel Uh, trip offers out there the Roman Republic he had his own travel scholarship fund he had set up for his own hometown he was a big deal and I have the opportunity today to invite some of his family onto the platform to talk about their journey and what they have created as a result of this collective experience and there's just so much in here that I think we can learn from that we can model that we can engage with and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to feature them on this platform. So there are a lot of firsts going on here. This is the first time I featured someone who is not a man of color on the platform. This is the first time I've had two guests at one time and this is the first time I've talked about some larger macro things about family, about community, about culture and it just felt really good and I'm honored for the opportunity to share this with you right now. 
I think you're going to get a lot of gold out of this and see things from a different perspective. So that all being said, this is pandemic sort of vibes. The recording is not quite where others have been, but hang in there with me. We're getting things back up and running soon enough and the audio quality will get better. So just want to let you know that off rip, but it's a fantastic discussion, fantastic conversation, and I'm just so excited for you to hear it. So as promised, we are going to do our three-step routine. Step number one, pour yourself a refreshing beverage of choice. I'm going with sparkling water with a little bit of lime because you know what? It's my birthday this month. I deserve lime. Step two, find the comfiest corner on the coziest couch that you can. I'm sure you know it well by now if you've been inside for as long as I have. And step three, take a deep breath, inhale, exhale, sit back, relax, and enjoy another fantastic session from us here at the Point Noir Podcast. I'll see you on the flip side. Patty and Roosevelt, thank you so much for joining me today at the Point Noir Podcast. I'm super excited to have you as just illustrious guests on my show. How are you both feeling today? Ah, oh, feeling good. Great. And it's a beautiful day today, and yeah, feeling good today. Yes. Thanks for having us, Jerry. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the platform, and we're definitely going to share about why this is such a special episode. Um, but first, this is my first time having two guests on at one time, so I think I think I've been working my podcast muscle just a little bit over this quarantine period. I think I can handle it. So don't be don't be too rough on me now. All right. <laughs> Um, so as I mentioned in the intro leading up to this session, this is a very special session. We're talking about one of our cherished community members who unfortunately passed uh, a little bit over a year ago. Um, and I want to really make this a show discussing all the beautiful things that have happened since that uh, journey. And y'all are directly related to said, and it's just so meaningful that we can have this conversation because y'all have been creating such cool stuff. So let's just start it out. Would you mind introducing yourselves individually? And then we'll talk about what you've been up to. Sure. I'm Patty Hutchison. I'm Cedric's mother. And um, yeah, uh, we lost Cedric on Mother's Day in 2019. And of course, that was a big blow to our family. Um, he, he, you know, he was just larger than life in our family. And so um, it's, it's been a, a, a difficult journey through the grief, but we're moving past it and we're excited about uh, some of the things that we're working on to honor his memory and his legacy and want to talk about it today with you and share share that share that information with you. So thank you for having me uh, and doing this follow-up podcast from your podcast with him, uh, I think about two years ago this month or next month. Yeah. Yep. yep. Session 35. Yep. Yep. And I'm uh, Roosevelt Edwards. I am Cedric's uncle. Um, this is my oldest sister, Patty. And so um, I'm honored to be here as well. Um, um, what we want to definitely share is, is as Patty mentioned, um, what we've been working on to continue Cedric's legacy, to um, inspire others, um, that uh, young readers as well as travelers. Um, and those were the things that um, Cedric's probably known for. Um, but said also inspired us in many ways. And so the things that, um, you know, that have been blessings, so to speak, um, out of the, the tragedy of losing him um, has kind of brought us to where we are today. And so we're, we're definitely wanting to share that with everyone. And hopefully it'll be an inspiration to um, your listeners as well. 
Absolutely. And I've already gotten a chance to see what you've been working on. I've been getting sneaks of it all through sneaks and peeks through social media. I've been super excited. So let's lay it all out there. What have y'all created? Because it's not just one thing you've done. Y'all have created an entire series. And I'd love for you to dive into uh, what it is that you're working on and what's available right now for people to get access to and where the inspiration uh, came from throughout the process. Sure. Um, a couple of months after Cedric passed, um, his um, chemistry teacher in high school and was also his yearbook advisor and somebody that he that was very influential in his life and he wow. actually kept up with her even after he graduated high school. And she actually spoke at his memorial service as well. If people remember, it was Dr. Marquita Blaze. Um, she approached uh, our family about a, an idea that she had to honor his legacy, and the idea was to do a children's book uh, based on his life and travels, hmm. and we just loved the idea. It wasn't something that I would have even thought of, and um, so as we talked about it, I already knew in my head, okay, I'm going to have my brother write the story because he... Uh, <laughs> He um, is an, a, an aspiring writer and he's written different poetry and, and he's, he's done some works, but nothing that's been published. And I knew that it was a dream of his and something that he want, wanted to do. And so I already knew when, as we were planning it, that I would, would ask him to write the story. Yeah. Um, so this is a family project. Uh, my husband, my two daughters, my brother as the writer, and also my sister Beverly, was kind of like our uh, what would you project, call them? Team. project team manager. Uh, <laughs> all all in-house too. You didn't yeah. even have to outsource. Yeah. It was all right there. And so it was, a, it was a family effort. And um, yeah, and so that was in July of 2019. And we actually didn't get started until December uh, of 2019. So I approached Roosevelt about writing the story and he can kind of tell you, you know, from there. But uh, the books um, are in production. Well, they've already been in, uh, printed, and they're in customs right now in LA. And uh, we're hoping to receive it any day now, so they'll be available. And um, we can talk about where to purchase and all of that later on in your in your segment here. But that's yeah. one of the things that we're working on, and I'm super excited about it. And I'll let Bill tell you more about the book itself. Yeah, please, Mr. I mean, congratulations on your first published work. That's that's a really big deal. Um, you know, it's I think that there are more artists, especially of color, like we need more of ourselves represented in our work. And that needs to be done by authors and publishers and people who are thinking like us who understand our experience. So I'd love to hear from you, Roosevelt. What's it like to write your first book? What was the process like for these books? And tell us a little bit, just a, a sneak peek of what they're about. Sure. So um, when, when Patty approached me, of course, I was honored to do it um, and knew that, you know, it would be, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, it's, you know, not a small deal to have your works published. Um, and so, you know, never having had a, had a book published before, I, you know, I, I didn't know really the process. And that was something that I think we all had to learn along the way of, of getting a book published, getting it illustrated. You know, it's a children's book. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, there, we had to learn a lot on how to make it happen. And so, um, yeah, starting July 2019 and, and, you know, now we're beginning of 2021 and, and just having uh, to be able to, um, you know, um, have it available, 
that whole process has been one of learning, but also, uh, you know, a, a fun process in that we got to lean on each other for support. We got to learn together. We got to, um, you know, just kind of talk and, and celebrate Cedric um, because, of course, he's he's the central character in the stories. Um, and it, it was an opportunity for the family to kind of unite and bond um, around, you know, our, our, you know, someone that we love very dearly. And so it was a, it was a, Something that I think when I look back on it, you know, for this to be my first published story is special. It's just special because of what it took to get to this point, um, having the family's involvement, um, you know, writing about my nephew. I mean, these are things that, you know, is it more, more than a dream come true. I never even imagined this is how I would have, you know, my first book published. Um, and, and part of that is, is the inspiration from Cedric. You know, Cedric was People don't know him. Um, definitely encourage you to go to his, you know, the said in the city forever.com site and learn a little bit about him. But he was he was a go getter. He was somebody who if he wanted to do something. If he dreamed of it, he tried to make it happen. And so, of course, being approached to write, you know, it was always a dream of mine, but I never did anything with it. I feel I do have, you know, I, I feel that the God has blessed me with, you know, some talents in that area, but I never I never did anything with it. And so leaning on his inspiration, you know, just do it. You know, if, if he was alive next to me, he'd say, uncle, just do it. You can, you can do it, just do it. And so um, that inspired me to, you know, to um, carry forward and, and put a story together that I hope is enjoyable to young readers, um, to people who are interested in travel, people who want to learn a little bit more about uh, Cedric. Um, you know, we try to make sure that we're putting that information in. Um, as it relates to the to the books themselves, um, we're selling the books in a in a two bundle series. Um, okay. The plans overall um, is, you know, we wanted to write a, a different book for every country that Cedric visited, and he visited, wow. you know, thirty countries, um, and so we, that that's the initial plan. Um, and so as we started to put together, you know, the the story for what the first adventure was going to be. Um, you know, we decided we needed to, you know, not only introduce Cedric, but then also kind of give you some understanding of, of his character, his personality. And so hopefully I've been able to bring all that forward into these, uh, into the children's stories. Yeah, a hundred percent. And again, I've been able, I've been honored enough to read through the story. It's fantastic. I want to know if maybe each of you could contribute into talking about the process of making, I mean, because when you say inspiration, that is, that's really a word that, that describes Cedric so well. We used to talk on social media and I was like, oh, that's what you're doing? Like, I can do that too. He was just bold that way. Mm -hmm. How are you able to pull those bits of inspiration, weave it into the story so that when people read it, they get a sense of not only his experience with the countries, but his character? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm trying not to give too much away about the, the books, but but yeah, we'll keep it real light. We'll keep it real yeah. light. <laughs> um, but Cedric, you know, he he was adventurous. He wanted to see the world. Um, that so Cedric, you know, when he was um, when he graduated college, um, it, his initial plan when he was accepting a job in, in Nashville, Tennessee, which is about three hours from it from us in Atlanta. Um, and then he surprised his parents and said, you know, hey, I, I got a job offer. I'm, I'm going to go to China and teach. Right. And so, 
you know, now that, you know, at that moment, it was, what, what are you doing? You got this great job that's, you know, a couple of hours away from us and you're going to go all the way across the other side of the world. But now looking back on that, that was Cedric, you know, he, he, he wanted to see the world. He wanted to um, see what, you know, I think, I think Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, those, that's too small of a platform for Cedric. He wanted to see the entire world and, and not limit himself to just, you know, where he grew up and where he was born you know, in Southern United States. Um, so that part of it, um, I definitely tried to kind of place that in the story as far as his, his, his um, desire to travel, his desire to see the world. Um, and, and that inspiration, uh, you know, real life, definitely for us, because as a family, we didn't have that travel bug. We didn't, you know, we may have wanted to do it, but we didn't put it into action. Whereas Cedric, he put it into action. And so hopefully I've, I've conveyed that in the stories as well. Yeah, also, oh, I'm sorry. He also wanted others to travel. It wasn't just about, you know, I'm doing this. You know, when he got over there, mom, you need to come here. You and dad need to, you know, come visit. And so it was something that he wanted to share that love with people that he loved. And he just wanted to inspire others to travel. Um, yeah. and, and so we, you know, we definitely, the, the inspiration of the book was that, we want to inspire other, you know, and he was doing that mainly for his peers, people his age, and then his family. Um, and as and as uh, Miss Dr. Blade said, well, why don't we inspire that with kids at a younger age so that they know that hey, you know, this is something that I can do. You know, this is a, a person of color that's out there traveling in, you know, Sri Lanka or you know Bali. I can do that too. And um, so that's why we. Um, you know, we, we hope that we got that across in the books too. Yeah, one, one, one thing also is that when he would travel, he would kind of notice that there weren't a lot of other African-Americans, mm -hmm. you know, in these other countries. Um, right. And so, you know, of course, there's a lot of reasons why that may be, but Cedric, you know, because he was, he was there, he didn't see the, any limitations on why we can't be there. And so right. whether that be because of our own hangups or our, our own limitations that we put on ourselves, he really wanted to open up that door to say, hey, you know, we, we need to see these other sides of the world. We need to show the other sides of the world that, you know, whether they're just believing in a stereotype of what the African-American male is, especially males. Um, he, wanted, he wanted us to make sure that we were forefront in that, that we would write that narrative of what we are, who we are, and we wouldn't limit ourselves to you know, not being able to see the world because, um, you know, there's no reason why we can't. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that point up, Roosevelt, because I wanted to know if that helped influence your decision around the cast of characters that's also in the book, because it's not just Cedric. Yes, he's central, but just like in, in true to form, he's got all his friends along with him. Did that um, ability to see yourself represented, did that influence how you approached the illustrator, how you wrote the story to have all his different friends in there? Yeah, so um, majority of his friends in the story are actually his nieces and nephews. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and um, you know, that was just when I started writing it and I was thinking of, you know, this is a children's story. You know, children are going to read this. And, and he has nieces and nephews that are within that age group. I just thought how cool it would be that when they were reading this book about their uncle that they were in the story too. I thought that they would just, you know, get a kick out of that. If I was that age, I would, I would want, you know, my name to be in a book, my likeness to be in a book as well. So that definitely was 
Um, we knew Cedric in the stories wouldn't be alone. He's, Cedric was the type that he could make friends wherever he went. And Maybe. so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was, I think, you know, necessary to show um, not only how Cedric's energy was and how he related to people, um, but then also that, you know, the people that are in the story, you know, their loved ones, their, their connection. For us as a family, it's even a deeper connection because we know who they are. You know, you may not know who they are. You're just reading that he's with a group of friends. But for us, there's kind of a deeper connection to it. So some of that was more for the family because I knew as a family, this would be a great way to kind of connect all of us within this project. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that. And I think that no matter what age you're reading the story at, you'll be able to see yourself represented in, I mean, you have a, a mix of colors and shapes and sizes. I love it. And that's one of the things, especially in this Black travel movement right now, is we're looking, we're begging for representation. We're trying to see ourselves. And I think that little people will definitely be inspired because they can actually point to a book and say, hey, that's me. When I was reading my adventure stories, there wasn't anybody that looked like me. Right. Maybe I started sooner or maybe more of my peers growing up would be involved in travel now but I'm so glad you're helping to set the example and pave the way in in a brilliant way thank you, thank you. No, absolutely it's, it's going to be a lot of compliments throughout this y'all <laughs> because I'm I'm just happy to have the opportunity so Patty I wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the other things you've been up to because you mentioned uh said being really into bringing his friends along and providing travel opportunities for you know his peers and others, but you are also kind of carrying out some of that spirit as well. Would you mind sharing some more about that? Sure. Um, I knew that when Cedric passed, well, let me back it up. He and I had lots of conversations about mom, you know, you need to get out, you need to travel, you've worked, you know, it's time for you to, you know, see the world. You've worked hard, you've raised all your kids. And so he and I had these would have these talks all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the plan was that, you know, he, he actually wanted me and his dad to come and live in Malaysia with him for a year. And I'm like, said, I, I can't do that. Um, but what I can do, I said, I, you know, because I've got young grandkids, as my, my brother mentioned, they're, they're in the story as, as, as well. And I knew I just couldn't up and leave the country, you know, with my grandkids here. Sure. So I told him that I would make sure that every year that I would set aside and budget to take off for two, three months and hang out with him in Malaysia and travel with him as he was traveling all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he passed, I knew that part of my healing would have to come through travel. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just knew that. And the rest of my family members, my husband and my daughters, I don't think that they really feel that yet but immediately it was, I've got to go, I've got to, I've got to travel. I've got to connect with his spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then COVID hit, you know, <laughs> I did, I did go to uh, Bali uh, uh, the month of his birthday in August of 2019. And, and I surprised the, the Roman Republic crew um, uh, by visiting Bali unannounced. Loved that. Oh my god. Yeah, it was a great time. And then a couple, maybe a month after that, me and my siblings went to Seoul, South Korea, to celebrate Thanksgiving with uh, with our family there in Korea. So we did a little bit of travel then, but what six months after that, COVID hit and just couldn't travel. And um, 
And so during those months and, 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 you know, I'm still grieving and um, it, it was just a really rough time. I was just really having a rough time with that. And um, through the grief and, and just prayer, um, it was just planted in my spirit that to start a travel uh, company or a group that would uh, curate intimate travel experiences for mothers who have lost a child. And it just, you know, from that, I, I already had a, a few people in mind that I wanted to invite to see if they would be interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. And the feedback that I got with each person that I connected to about it was just, it just blew me away. And it, and it really did bless me. And um, so, yeah, so I started a company. I incorporated on Cedric's birthday, uh, August uh, 11 of last year in 2020. Okay. And it's called Sunrise in Heaven. And the name of the company was actually inspired by one of his Instagram posts wow. um, where he said, opportunities are like sunrises. If you miss it, oh, um, gosh, if you miss it, oh, what is it? I can't think <laughs> of it now. I'm sorry. I've got fuzzy brain right now. But it was inspired by that Instagram post. And he said, take that chance. And I took that chance. And uh, I, we were, we're actually having our first group trip uh this june and we're going to costa rica so i'm really excited about that and that's that's my baby you know the book was a family project um we also as you know are keeping his scholarship going and uh, my oldest daughter is uh pretty much handling that she's the president of set in the city scholars um but this sunrise in heaven is my baby and i am just like I said, it's just been a blessing and, and just connecting with these women, you know, from a different perspective, you know, each one of them lost their child in a tragic way also. And so we've just been able to bond and, and we're just excited about getting together uh, in June to, um, you know, heal and self-love and care and cultural immersion, all of that stuff, um, you know, inspired by Cedric's solo and group travels. I love it. And I know it's adding so much value as someone who also has, I mean, this project Point Noir is my baby where I get to have these more intimate discussions, conversations with people that I know, understand and on that, on that wavelength and, and mm-hmm. value. And I, I know it's just going to resonate and the impact that they're going to have when they return, like it's, it's fantastic. Um, so I wanted to know if y'all are planning to do family, tr- actually, before I get to that, uh-huh mind patty talking a little bit more about sons traveling because i deal on the on the other side of things where i hear all the many many excuses why men of color will not travel mm-hmm. and sometimes mothers do come into play and i want to know if you had any perspective any useful perspective to share with uh you know anybody in that capacity who might be listening uh, would you encourage them to let their sons travel would you tell them to keep them home how how do you feel about that Oh, man. Um, Like Roosevelt said, Cedric surprised us because we were expecting him to go to Nashville. You know, he had a teaching job there. And when he told us he was going to Beijing, I it just caught me totally off guard. And it was it wasn't like I'm going in six months. It's I got I'm going in three weeks. You know, so it just. He just totally caught me off guard with that. And, and to be honest, I was, I was upset. 
you know, because I knew he was going to a place that he didn't know anyone besides, you know, the, the Skype interview that he had with whoever hired him. He didn't have any friends there. And I was, I was truly upset. And in fact, I, I can remember the day that we took him to the airport. I cried and he's my baby. Cedric's the youngest and my only son. And so I remember that day vividly, just boohooing and um, I, I, I couldn't even go to work after we dropped him off. I was that <laughs> oh, wow. shaken. Yeah, because he wasn't, you know, and the other thing was, you know, who's going to help him if he needs help? He's going to be, you know, a whole, he's, he's across the globe and I can't just drive and, and, and get to him if he needs something. And so it, it was just very emotional. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that he grew up, he matured so much in those three years that he left home that um, I'm so glad that he did it. I'm yeah. so glad that he did. I was so proud of him. I mean, I just see the growth. Our conversations were different. Mm -hmm. And because he was, he was spoiled here, you know, because <laughs> he was the youngest child, the only boy. And so he was spoiled rotten. And he got on our nerves at times <laughs> with some of the things, you know, we just had those, those challenges that any family would have. Yeah. Um, but he, he grew up so much and I learned so much from him mm -hmm. and with his travels that um, that's why I just, you know, th this is something that I, that I want to inspire kids to do. So yeah, initially it was hard, but it, it was the best thing that he could have done with his life. And I'm glad that he had the opportunity to do it. Well, I appreciate I know you. I was long-winded there. Because <laughs> we, we need that context, because these can be very emotional things. I mean, when I left the country, I, listen, I don't know what my parents thought. I was just mm -hmm. gone. And I think sometimes, you know, as we're talking about all these very emotional qualities, and I love the sort of example I've been able to witness from your family of, of coming together, of having conversations, of giving each other time to, to process just information. We need more of that. Sometimes it's not uh, a hard yes or no, they're, they're caveats. We just need more time to flesh things out. And you, you taking your time to explain that is fantastic because I think ultimately, I'm clearly biased. Yes, we need more of our young men to travel, to mature, to experience their own healing, to get a sense of themselves as a, as a black man in this world. And um, if we get the time to process the emotions, maybe to make a plan for communication, like, yes, mm -hmm. go honestly safer a lot of times for you to be out there than to be here. <laughs> oh God, he used to say that all because I worried sick about him, you know, and, and he was traveling to countries that I really didn't know much about. And right. at the time there was so much talk about that part of the world in the media here. And yep. so I, I, I worried sick about him. And if I didn't hear from him via text, you know, or I'd ask my daughter, did Cedric post anything on social media? You know, I just had to know where he was at, in every waking moment. Right. And so, um, yeah, it, it definitely was uh, something that I had to get adjusted to. And he would say all the time, mom, I'm safer here than you guys are over there. Y'all got school shootings and this and that going on. We don't have that over here. <laughs> and it took me a, a minute to, to understand that and realize that, yeah, there's there's things that are in the media that that aren't necessarily uh, factual, you know. Um, 
So he, yeah, he educated us on on that, and 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 we got on his nerves when <laughs> when we used to worry about him, like, "Mom, please, whatever," you know. <laughs> well, at that time in the United States, there was a lot like Michael Brown. You had Eric Garner. Mm-hmm. You had all of these different things of unarmed black men being killed by the police, mm-hmm. and of course, no accountability and and no no prosecutions happened as as a result of all that stuff. And so I remember, yeah, talking talking to him and, and you guys about that situation where, yeah, I, you don't realize it because for some reason we think we're safe because we're in the United States, but it was not true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of that there. So I appreciate you both um, chiming in on that point because one, you didn't have to say that, you know, travels, I, I wanted to hear your honest opinion. We haven't talked about this before, um, but I think some people, they, they desire that for their kids. We want our kids to, to succeed us and do bigger and better and different things. And sometimes mm-hmm. they need someone who can kindly lay it out for them who's lived the experience. And I'm just gonna mm-hmm. put you out there like, yo, hit me up if you, if you struggle mm-hmm. with it. Or she's got an email address you can reach. Um, <laughs> um, but, but I love that. And I love again, how you're carrying on that energy, creating your own group trips. So I have to ask now, are y'all planning on taking trips to do research for the books coming up for each country he went to? Like, what, what's the budget look like for that? Oh, wow. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> um, like I said, you know, um, I, I knew that I would get my healing through travel. And I did want to go to all the places that he had been, which is why I you know, went to Bali to experience that. And I did feel his spirit and his energy. So yeah, hope, hopefully we can sell enough books this first round <laughs> so, that, so that that's possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can say that, so the, the first book, um, at Birthday Surprise, and the second book is Happy Chusok, and Chusok is uh, Korean Thanksgiving. Okay. And so it was easier for me to write that book because we had just visited Korea. So yeah, we, Thanksgiving. And, and at Chusok there with our, with our family in Korea. So as an inspiration, as background to understand the culture itself, I mean, that definitely made it you know, easier for me to write. If I had to write about a place that I had never been, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would definitely be more difficult. So yeah, we definitely can, can you know, hopefully COVID allows for us for travel to not be a hindrance, or hopefully we don't allow COVID to be a hindrance for us, you know, that, that we, that, exactly. So um, that would be great because it would allow, I think for, the stories to really mean something and and we could bring in certain elements that I don't think is possible without that type of research. A hundred percent. I love the initiative. I love the vision. And one thing we haven't mentioned is that the book sales aren't just going to, you know, cover the cost of whatever it takes to produce books, which is not <laughs> easy, but you also have an initiative with said scholarship. And I'd like for you both to speak to that because I remember that we had been in communication you know the way my generation works is you make best friends that you've never met in real life um (laughs) you make really good friends on the internet um but when he launched that scholarship i was like damn and because he's younger than me i was like my boy is doing it he's giving people the opportunity to travel so can you talk more about the uh scholarship and how the book is helping to support that sure so yes it started the scholarship and he he awarded the first recipient in december of 2018 and he basically just asked family for donations um toward that cause and i think it was a one thousand dollar scholarship that he awarded 
And so we're definitely going to keep that going. And we've since awarded two recipients, one in 2019 and one just last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each time we've raised the, the, the amount just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And definitely the percentage of the proceeds of the sale of the books will go toward the scholarship. Um, we launched the application season in August, which is Cedric's birthday month. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the deadline to turn in your application is usually in November and December, we, we select a winner. And we actually have, like I said, my daughter is the president of the scholarship uh, uh, set in the city scholars, but we do have a board. And wow. so the board will review the, the applications that come in and we all decide on, we pick our top three and from there we, we decide who the winner is. And so um, really, really excited to keep that going. And we've got a big surprise for this year, 2021, because Cedric would have been 30 in August. And so we've got, you know, some, some big announcements coming up with, with regard to the scholarship. So stay tuned. And yeah, we, we just want to encourage, well, the criteria is anybody who is uh, interested in studying abroad. Okay. So, uh, anyone that, 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 uh, uh, is in a study abroad program for their school. Um, primarily, we've been receiving applications from local colleges in Atlanta. We did okay. get a few from out of out of state, and it's not just limited to people in Atlanta. But we had to change the criteria last year due to COVID mm-hmm. um, because we knew that they wouldn't be able to use the funds to travel. So right. we centered it around Cedric's majors in college, which was film and um, urban education. Oh wow! And so that's that's the, that was the criteria in 2020, uh, 2020. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, that I don't know. Did I miss anything? <laughs> I feel I like you got it all. So okay, I love that you brought up the criteria. So I I love the fact that those were the things that he were in, he was interested in and kind of helping to replicate the success that he had. Any mm-hmm. other qualifications in terms of ethnicity or African-American? Yes, Afri- I think African-American. I have to check with, with the president on that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> African-American students, you know, um, undergraduates, um, you know, and, and they have to be enrolled in a study abroad program. Okay, okay, yep. so a little bit of financial support, some resources, but I love it. And I love the fact that, again, that the organism, y'all have a really nice family. Like if y'all are ever needing, you know, people to add in, just consider me. Okay. Hey, yes, <laughs> um, we'll put you to work now if, if, if you're added in, but yes. <laughs> uh, but again, I, I like the way that there's been a sense of organization, a sense of mission and purpose throughout this to the point that you have a board, to the point that you can have a support, a scholarship and found ways to do that that has criteria that isn't, that's for you. You know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. People need to see the examples. They need to see black people doing their own shit for their people. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. I get hype about it. Um, maybe more hype than I should, but this is my platform, so. I oh. um, so as we round out, cause I definitely want people to know where they can find the books. Uh, what would be the, the biggest takeaway? I wanna hear from each of you. What is the, the biggest thing that you'd like to share or that you want people to take away from from the books specifically if it was just one word or one phrase oh one word i'll give you a phrase i'll give you a phrase um i mean 
for me, it's it's an inspiration thing. Um, and you know, from the from the books, you know, it, it's it's really about somebody who you know, and again, characters based on Cedric at at you know the age of eight, and really trying to just. Um, see the world. I mean, he wants to see the world. That's that's kind of the the premise of the books. And so, you know, if a small phrase, see the world, um, and and not just limit yourself. And so, hopefully, that's what comes across. And and you know, because that to me is one of the big takeaways that I think you know you didn't you didn't know Cedric as we knew him, but you knew him as someone who was adventurous and wanted to see the world. Um, so I, I think, you know, we can, if we can give that influence and inspiration to young readers and other people who are interested in travel, but just don't know, you know, or, or afraid to try, you know, hopefully these books can give them that inspiration. Yeah, love it. I love it. And you, Patty? I'm going to ditto him, but there's also mm -hmm. another dimension, too, that, that we didn't talk about that I, I would like to, uh, in the roundouts portion here, um, is that Cedric in the book um, is in the clouds. And basically, I just want to get across that for anybody who has lost a loved one, specifically a child, that for me, part of my healing was to envision him just as alive in that realm as he was here. And so mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to kind of, that there's a subtle, um, uh, the subtleness about that dimension in in the book that uh, that uh, you know Cedric is is very much alive and he's in the clouds with his friends and he has birthday parties and and I just you know want want young people that may have had to experience loss uh, or have heard about it for them not to be afraid or envision that to be some dark lonely place. Um, so I don't know how to put that in a phrase. You're better than me. Maybe you can coin that into some kind of way. But, you know, I, I just didn't want people to be shocked when they, you know, read, open the book and like, wow, wonder why they did this. And it, and it was for, you know, really for my, my grandkids so that when they see Cedric, because they did ask a lot of questions about, you know, where is he at, that they envision him just as alive that, you know, in heaven as he is here, so. Yeah, I, I'm thankful and grateful that you, you brought that aspect up. And I think, I mean, from my looking at the book, I think it comes across beautifully and it is vibrant. It's energetic that I don't know who you got to illustrate. Oh, I do know who you got to illustrate, mm -hmm. I just don't know the name, but just the, the images, the visuals are fantastic, combined so well with the story. And again, all of the intention and purpose that the whole family has put into this is, is fantastic. So I can't wait for people to get it. And since we're on that note, where can people find the book? Where can they go grab a copy? Because it's not just one book that's being offered right now, correct? Right. It, it's being sold as a two book bundle because the story kind of continues um, and it will be sold on saidinthecityforever.com. Okay. Um, we will have all the books here <laughs> stored right here in the house. Uh, so yeah, we'll be shipping them directly from here, setinthecityforever.com. Awesome, awesome. And also, would you mind sharing where they can find out more about the scholarship in case anyone's interested? Same website. Oh. Same website, yeah. So that website will have a link to the books. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And, and you can also, you know, follow Set in the City um, on Instagram. You know, okay. we, we do uh, have access to his account there and, and we post when we, you know, um, announce that application season for the scholarship. So that's another place that if you, if you are following Set in the City on Instagram, actually there's two Instagram accounts. Set in the City was his and then we started Set in the City forever. Okay. Um, on Instagram. So either one of those, and you can get the information about the books, about the scholarship, um, see his travels, all of that. Fantastic. And just because I'm curious, when are, when can we expect the drop for the for the next book to come out? Is it already in pre-production, Roosevelt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think the plan is to try to at least release at least one to two books a year. Um, okay. So yeah, so you know, I've kind of already started some of the groundwork of of the stories um but yeah there's there's some things that we still have to kind of get through from from these two books and so there's marketing and everything that of course that we're doing for the first two books but if we can release one to two books a year i think we will be uh you know happy with that progress so i would hope by the end of the year we have an, uh, one or two set in the city books available wow and again y'all like one book is is enough most people will go through their life and never produce a book but to have a series and what I think is even cool is the possibility that a, a kid could grow up with this series and every year they wow. look forward to um, this is something it, like that is dope beyond words. I could spend another 20 minutes just talking about how excited I am and um, how honored I am that one, we're able to have this conversation that you wanted to um, be involved in this platform I've developed and I, I love everything about it. Um, I think this is a fantastic way to uh not only carry on his legacy but but do it in a way that is really going to impact a ton a ton of people and i think that's a lot of what his vision is about like it's we're, we're, we're witnessing it like this is it in manifest in a way and um that that means a lot to me so thank you so much for the time uh the transparency uh and just being a part of this session here at the point noir podcast i so appreciate it thank you so thank much you. jerry and uh we, we love what you're doing um, you, like Beverly said, you just got that voice, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you've made this really enjoyable and, um, comfortable for us. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your willingness to even, you know, give us the opportunity to, to talk about this. So Absolutely. yeah, God bless you and, sure. and whatever you have in store, you know, for this year and beyond. I appreciate that so much. Patty and Roosevelt, y'all, make sure you get a hold of Set in the City online. Check out the book, setinthecityforever.com, and we will see you in the next session. Yo, I hope y'all enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you so much, Patty and Roosevelt, for sharing your time, your energy, for your level of transparency about this journey Thank you so much, y'all. Make sure you check out saidinthecityforever.com and buy this book bundle, two books for a fantastic price, supporting an autonomous Black-owned business during Black History Month. Tell everyone you know, especially if they have kids. I think it's just fantastic that younger kids of color get to see themselves reflected traveling the world and having these experiences that sometimes are difficult to imagine for ourselves. So there's just so much enthusiasm and excitement I have for this project. Thank you again, Patty and Roosevelt and the whole Hutchison family. Um, just really appreciated my time together with you. Y'all, that's probably not the flavor of episode you expected to get today from this platform, but 
I hope it really served you well and it was something that will be useful and fruitful for you because I'm always looking out for these cool stories, these cool narratives, um, things that add value in ways that you might not have expected. That's part of some of the magic of this platform. That being said, I really want y'all to consider assess yourselves, assess your networks on this anti-Asian sentiment thing. It's really, really important. Actually ties in directly to the guests that we had on the show today because of their uh, mixed ethnic heritage. Like, this is the world we we don't want to be living in where we still harbor things against other communities. So something to consider, a call in for all of us. And one thing that I just felt like sharing is, um, you know, conversations like this, especially today's conversation, uh, with the intro and the discussion with the family are not super easy. And I hope I'm doing the best job possible. I'm not going to talk about my qualification. Like this is my platform. This is permissionless. But I do my best to navigate these sometimes sensitive and difficult topics as best I can. I'm constantly increasing my awareness. I'm constantly challenging myself to grow as a person. But, yo, I'd be out of my element sometimes. So I appreciate your confidence in me, your trust. And if there are areas where I might be able to improve or something just didn't come out right, like, let me know. Hit me up in the emails. Kimono Jack, K-I-M-O-N-O-J-A-C-K at pointnoirshow.com. I'm doing my best to create a progressive and sustain a progressive platform as best I can. And there's a greater sense of awareness about the world and myself every single day. So I thank you so much for rocking with the platform, continuing to listen, continuing to share and leave ratings and reviews, even during this pandemic, even during this pandemic where things haven't been so consistent. I have massive plans for this platform still. I am in a situation where I'm not able to execute all of them. So repositioning, retooling. And excited to bring back the full energy that I completely see in my mind's eye for all of you. And I'm looking forward to sharing in that journey with you. Lastly, before I sign off, if you want to launch a podcast, I am retooling my podcast offers. Some of you might be aware that I was tapped on the shoulder to help Airbnb launch their online experiences last year during the pandemic when it was in its peak did a fantastic uh, job going through that platform, and now I'm doing more things on my own, taking on a few more one-on-one clients, and we've been launching uh, maybe half a dozen shows over the past six months. So if that's of interest, shoot me an email at my business email, booking at jerrythethird.com, or just hit me up on the socials. I'm really easy to find. I'm the one with the glasses and all the hair. So (laughs) that being said, I hope you are well. I hope your families are well, and I hope you continue to take care. Rest, y'all. Take naps. Restore yourselves. I'm feeling some of this pandemic fatigue this week. It's making it difficult to get things done in the business space. However, a little bit of progress every day. And if you don't got it, you don't got it. Tomorrow's another opportunity. So wishing you all the best of safety, health, and, of course, all the abundance that you can maintain, like, Get these checks, y'all. Triple your rates if you're a black creator. It's Black History Month. Do that for the culture. All right, y'all. Love you much. I will talk to you soon. As always, this is Jerry the Third, a.k.a. Kimono Jack, signing off.